Good morning, First Baptist Church. Hope you're blessed this morning and looking for a message from the Word of God. Let us turn to Romans chapter 12 this morning. We're talking about godly enthusiasm, having a having a just a heart to for God, and that's what it's talking about here. And godly enthusiasm, as this is taught here, uh, the very word enthusiasm. Uh, it, it means here, encourage, zeal. And it begins by talking about it as a gift. Romans 12, 8, Or he that exhorteth exhortation, that's encouragement, that's uh, enthusiasm. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not the high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Several places in here, both the exhortation and not being slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, are both talking about the word enthusiasm. I'm reminded of a story. There was a young ministerial candidate who came to preach his first sermon, as I did here many years ago. And he jumped up on stage and began with the words of the second coming. Behold, I come. And then, as often happens, young men preaching their first sermon, he his mind went blank. So then he start, I'll start again. He said, behold, I come. He repeated again. Still nothing. Finally, the third time he jumped up and down saying with as much energy as he could muster, behold, I come. And in the process of doing it, he stumbled, fell off the stage and into a lady's lap on the front pew. He then began with all he could muster to apologize to the lady and she said to him, that's okay, young man. You warned me three times. And I should have taken note. Well, that's kind of a funny story. But that's enthusiasm, folks. Uh, I can remember preaching uh, early and having that enthusiasm. Now here, that's an example of too much enthusiasm, maybe too much zeal. But enthusiasm is taught in the things about God. It's a principle to inspire, to exhort. Fervent, those are all words that mean the same thing as enthusiasm. Enthusiasm in the Word of God is taught. It, the very word enthusiasm comes from two words, in and theos. It literally means, listen to me, to be motivated by God. To be motivated by God. Should we be enthusiastic about the things of God? Amen. We're certainly enthusiastic about 
the Carolina Tar Heels, if we're fans of those, or in my case, the Tennessee Vols, or the Carolina Panthers, whoever. We get enthusiastic about our sports teams. We get enthusiastic about all kinds of things. But when it comes to our faith, we don't seem very enthusiastic sometimes. And we should be. We should have the zeal, fervent, as it says here, exhortive. Do you realize those words mean encouragement, exhortive, fervent? What does that mean? Enthusiastic, full of zeal. Listen, let me share with you a couple of verses. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your might. Could you say I do that about my faith? Acts 5.40 When they had called the apostles together and beaten them, Verse 41, they departed rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Wow. The name of Jesus. They, were count, they counted it a great thing to be able to suffer for the name of Jesus. Now that's enthusiasm. That's enthusiasm. Now compare that to the average believer today. Hey, there's something wrong with the air conditioner. It's a little too warm in the church. And I'm not willing to suffer at all for Jesus. And we've had the COVID-19. And we've been having to preach outside. And let me tell you something. On a couple, it's been cool. It's been windy. And it's been hot. But you don't see your preacher complaining, do you? Or Graham. We're not complaining. Don't you complain. Listen. That's the problem with the church sometimes. Too much complaining about too many things instead of what? Having the zeal and enthusiasm that we ought to have. We ought to be enthusiastic about our faith and sharing our faith and even coming to church. There ought to be some zeal and enthusiasm there. And these people were beaten, beaten. And I'm sure the beating was not an easy thing. I'm sure it was very hard physically. And yet they, they came out, what were they doing? Rejoicing. You know, next time you suffer a little bit for Jesus, when the air conditioning goes out at church, just say, thank you, Jesus, I got to sweat a little bit for you today. Amen. Okay. Do these scriptures describe your faith? Do, do they describe your faith or does enthusiasm, the enthusiasm describe your faith? The world is motivated by outside things. Everything, everything in the world, they're motivated by this and this. They're motivated, you know, you, worldly people who like money and material, they like, hey, I'm motivated by my Bentley or Mercedes. I'm motivated by this thing or that thing. I've got lots of houses. I've got this, that, whatever. They're, you know, they're motivated by their yachts. They're motivated externally. And that doesn't just mean rich people. They can be powerful people or movie stars. Some of them are, their motivation is they love to be adored. You know, they're motivated. They're, they're uh, narcissistic people and they just love the adoration and the, and the people know who they are. 
And their motivation is out here. It's external, okay? The external things. But what's the real zeal and enthusiasm for the Christian? Where does it come from? Now, a lot of people say, well, I go to a big church meeting and I get enthusiasm. Well, if you have to be motivated from outside, that's just the same things that the world's motivated by. Anybody's motivated by a big crowd, right? I mean, go to a football game. People are motivated by big crowds and everything. If it takes a big crowd to motivate you, you're no different than unbelievers. True zeal for your faith, true zeal and enthusiasm come from here, from a heart that loves God so much that they're zealous and enthusiastic about their faith. Why? And we need to be more like that. God even declares in his word, in Revelation he talks about being hot and lukewarm. He says, I'd rather that you were cold. And he's describing our relationship with him. In our society, hot means something good. And cold, usually something bad. For example, the newest cell phone is the hottest item out there. Right? I don't know. I have an old flip phone. And y'all are hard to say, it's hard to get Chris on his cell phone. That's because it's either out of juice or I can't find it. Uh, you know, and I have that constant problem. It's black. It gets in the floorboard. I can't find it. I can't even see it. And I had some orange and, or yellow tape on it at one time, and the tape comes off. And when it comes off, who can find my... Then we try to call it, but it's out of juice. and it won't work. Hey, Don't get me into that. Anyway... Hot. We're hot about the latest item. Well, what does it say there in verse 7 here in Romans? Let's look back in Romans 12, verse 7. It says, our men, uh, oh, excuse me, fervent in spirit. That's not Romans 12, 7. Uh, uh, I have the wrong verse there, but it says in the Bible, fervent in spirit. It means to be hot. In fact, to be boiling. And we're to be fervent in spirit. And that's what we need to be, boiling. So when it talks about fervency here, when it talks about here in chapter, be fervent in spirit in verse 11 of Romans chapter 12. Excuse me, verse 11, not verse 7. Verse 11, it says fervent in spirit. It means to be boiling. Now, is your, is your faith on slow, slow boil? Or, listen, some people's faith is in the refrigerator, amen? The chosen frozen, we call them. The chosen frozen, their faith is kind of cold, it's, it's kind of ice cubed. But God wants us to be hot, zealous, warmed up. Revelation 3, be zealous, warm, hot in the Lord, bowling. Now, you know yourself, you can't cook anything unless you bring it to a boil. You can't boil eggs without boiling. And I don't want them out of the refrigerator, do you? I don't eat my eggs right out of the refrigerator. So God wants us to be fervent on fire for him. 
When was the last time you felt like your faith was on fire? Well, we need to be. We need to be enthusiastic, energetic, exhortive, encouraging. Even our prayer life. James 5.16, be fervent. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent, hot, enthusiastic. Folks, fervent. Are you fervent in your faith? In your prayer life? Are you praying sincerely, heartfelt, like it talks about in Psalm, going forth, planting in tears, praying in tears, with all your heart and soul to God, crying out to Him? Or are you just going through the motions? God, thank you for this bread so we can be fed. Amen. That's going through the motions. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's going through the motions. Are you praying fervently? You say, yes, pastor, I want my prayer answered. Is it a fervent prayer? Effectual, fervent prayers avail much. And there's that word for, it means energio, where we get energy. Is there energy in that prayer? Active, mighty, enthusiastic. You see all those words kind of work together. Exhortive, uh, encouraging. Would you describe your prayer life that way? Would you describe your Christian walk that way? Most of us could say no. And unfortunately, we have an ebb and flow to our Christian life. And sometimes we find ourselves, and maybe right now, you find, and by the way, summer is a great time for people to get unenthusiastic about their faith. They're vacationing, they're getting away, they're thinking about, they've got a lot of work to do in their yard, they're tired and whatnot. And you say, hey, I'm just kind of going through the motions. Well, don't do that. People get hot, they get frustrated, they get mad. I always said that statistics show more people get out of the church in summertime than any other season of the year. But folks, we need to be hot in the faith. What makes us more zealous and enthusiastic? Well, a consistent prayer life, consistently praying, consistent Bible study, and consistent church attendance. Did you hear me? Consistent praying, Bible study, and church attendance. And the other thing is to get into our mind and thoughts and the focus not only on Jesus, but eternity. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Not looking at the here and now and the problems and concern. Not looking here at the things that are afflicting us and pulling us down. But focusing on the thing that will lift us up. And that is the eternal weight of glory. The glory that we shall have. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he lets us know. Well done. 
thou good and faithful servant. You've served me faithfully and receive your reward. Focusing on eternity. And I have this regret in my own heart of looking back from eternity and thinking I had a chance to do something, to share witness or to do something for Christ, and I didn't do it. And I think we all need to be concerned about that. Be involved. Be involved. Who yells the loudest at the football game? The parents whose son is out there on the football field. Look, my son used to play football. I know my sons, both my sons. But one quit his sophomore year because of a health issue, a back issue. But yeah, when they were on the field, I was yelling. They're the most enthusiastic. How are you going to be most enthusiastic about your faith if you're in the game or you're a participant? <clears throat> That's the ones who do the most. <clears throat> They're, we're being affected by the outcome. How involved are you and your church in winning souls? <clears throat> Excuse me, in the ministry of the church? You won't be enthusiastic until you have something invested. There's a story of Spurgeon reading <clears throat> from the book of Martyrs. He says, when you realize the worth of what you have in your hands, God says a great treasure is what you have because of those martyrs. Our spiritual life, what does it say in Deuteronomy 6.5? All your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. For most of us, or for some, I don't want to say for most, for some people as a Christian, they might as well say, I love the Lord God with some of my heart, some of my soul, and some of my mind. But the verse doesn't say that. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. In 2 Corinthians, let's look there, 7-7. Seven, seven. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. And here it talks about their spiritual life. They were so fervent toward the ministry that it lifted up this man, his faith. Is your faith such that you lift people up? That you encourage others around you to live for Christ? Think about that. Are you so enthusiastic in the faith that people in the church look at you and they want to do more? They want to be more like Jesus. And tragically, folks, most of us aren't. 
And I'm not saying I am right. I'm saying I want to be. I want to encourage. And I hope that people can look at my life and live, find a cause there to live for Christ in a greater way. But we all should. If we have godly enthusiasm. And then if we're not, Revelation 3.19, it tells us to repent. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, and he will rebuke and chasten us. We're his children. And if we don't get ourselves where we need to be, he will help us. Just like my parents used to help me find the way by paddling or my grandmother switching me. But uh, that, unless I know y'all don't believe in that kind of punishment, but uh, I had it. Didn't hurt me, by the way. Uh, I didn't grow up to be a violent person or anything like that. But repent, repent. Many of us today, we stand in need of repentance. We really need that. I'm not talking about repentance for salvation. I'm talking about repentance of the believer. We need repentance from time to time. We look at our life, we look at our faith, it's become mundane, it's become stale, it's become just something we do. We're going through the motions. I'm not excited about it anymore. Well, God says you need to be. That's when we need to get down and as he says, repent and repent carries with that a, some emotion, sor- sorrow, to look at our lives and say, okay, Lord, I'm not what I should be. I'm not what you call me to be. I'm not doing what I should be doing. Lord, forgive me. Restore to me. Help me to be what I should be. Help me to be enthusiastic about my faith. And to be on fire. For God, fervent, bowling. That's where God wants us. If we all caught fire, and there have been times where that, that's what starts revivals. We have fires that are burning down cities. I'd like to see a fire in our nation that would illuminate the country. Not burning down buildings but bringing people to Jesus. We might do that. We might do that. You know, I'd rather burn out than rust out. And so today, as we talk about the idea of godly enthusiasm, I hope your heart's been lifted up and blessed. If you're without Jesus, you know He loves you. He died for you on the cross. And why don't you cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, I'm repenting. I'm changing the way I believe and walk. And I'm saying to you, Lord, I want you as my Savior. And if you will pray to him, he will save your soul for all eternity. You, you can be assured of heaven. 1 John five thirteen says, these things have written unto you that know you have eternal life, that you may know. That believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. So trust Him. Believe on Him. He is Lord and Savior. And, and let's pray together. Lord, we pray for that today. We pray for our Christians, our church. 
Pray for those who are out there, maybe who don't know Christ, that they would come to know him. Bless, Lord, this time together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.